You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. All right, we are going to have to start off by just making a simple request here, Ian. Uh, just a, a rate and review if you are listening. Uh, head on over to iTunes. Give us a quick rate and review. That's that's the best way to help other people find us is by giving us that five-star and, and just saying what you like about the show. Uh, and, and we do read the reviews, so if there's any suggestions that you have or anything that you think we could be doing better, let us know. We'll definitely take that under advisement and uh, make that a consideration. But... Um, that being said, uh, a lot of stuff going on in Broncos country today, sort of. Today being Tuesday, the day after Memorial Day. Right, I know. I'm, I'm terrible at reminding people what day it is. The biggest of which is the Broncos announced that Steve Greek Antonopoulos will be the presenter for Pat Bolin for the Hall of Fame induction ceremony in August. And just so everyone knows... Greek went to the University of Northern Colorado. UNC grad, there you go. Also known as the Harvard of Weld County. As as well it should be. Um, you know, it's most people, if you don't know who, who Steve Antonopoulos is, you, you probably recognize him from the 1997 Super Bowl where he told Mike Shanahan that they, they got the medicine in him talking about Terrell Davis and that he'd be ready to go in a little while because Terrell Davis was battling a migraine during that Super Bowl. He then came back and won the MVP of Super Bowl 32 that helped John Elway get his first Super Bowl title. So that that might be where you've seen him or heard his name before, is in that scene in particular from, from that. But he's been with the Broncos for, I don't know, what's the number? Over 40 years. A lot. He, he was with the Broncos during the Orange Crush days. So at least six to seven years before Pat Bowen brought the Broncos in 1984. So he's been with the organization a very, very, very long time, and he is still with the organization because, as the Broncos said in his release, he is the director of sports medicine now. So he's not the head athletic trainer, but he is still involved with the organization, and that's that's just remarkable. The Broncos quarterback club actually tweeted out a photo of Greek with one of the offensive linemen who was cheap-shotted by Mean Joe Green in the divisional playoff against the Pittsburgh Steelers in 1977. So that shows you how far back Greek goes with the Broncos. But we're going to list our favorite quotes. We're going to read them off for you guys once we get to that point. But I, to me, the quote that sums up the relationship between Mr. B and Steve Antonopoulos came from the release announcing Greek as the presenter for Pat Bolin. And he said, I was overwhelmed with emotion when I was asked to be Mr. Bolin's presenter, Antonopoulos said. I feel very honored, honored, honored and very humbled. It's one of the greatest things I've ever been asked to do in my life. If you look at it, it's all about Mr. Bolin. We developed a really neat relationship over all the years that he's been here. It's certainly unique. He's not only my boss, but he's my friend. 
That's what makes it even more of an honor to do this, especially with the request coming from his family. And what makes it even more unique is he's only the second athletic trainer in the history of the National Football League or the Pro Football Hall of Fame to be a presenter. That's a, I mean, it's a pretty big deal. I, I actually really liked what he said uh, in his presser uh, when they, you know, they asked him about how he found out and things like that. And, and one of the questions was on, on, on what he said to Ellis during that conversation. And I thought his response was, was just perfect. It was, I broke down. I was very emotional. I couldn't say anything. Eventually I did the humbled and honored thing, but very emotional. I love how he sort of phrases that. Like I eventually got to being able to say I was humbled and honored, but first I had to cry for a while, which, you know, is, is kind of, I, I think something that a lot of us would do. You, you're sort of struck by that, that someone would want you to, you know, introduce them into the you know pro football hall of fame and obviously it isn't it isn't mr b that's that's requesting it it's it's his family but that just goes to show how much they understood how tight their connection was as well it was something that the the family knew uh he would want and i I just think that that's great and obviously to sort of have that emotion and not really be able to do anything but just say i'm you know i'm honored and humbled uh is is really pretty cool so i thought that was kind of a a neat statement that he made there so just to go back, the the only other athletic trainer to present someone at the Pro Football Hall of Fame is former Buffalo Bills trainer Ed Ombrowski, who presented guard Billy Shaw in 1999. So you get two athletic trainers with very names. unique yeah. names. I love Ombrowski um, and Antonopoulos. That sounds like a, 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 a law firm that you would walk in and be like, oh, I'm not really sure I want to be here. <laughs> in terms of the quotes, these are the ones that stood out to me on why he and Mr. Boland connected. It all started with him coming in and asking about players. Nobody cared about players more than Mr. Boland. He liked to communicate with them, not because he wanted to rub elbows, but because he cared about them. And you know what? That was important to see that from the standpoint of caring for players ourselves, seeing him care about players. The relationship that we developed, he kind of used me as a medical advisor for him and he entrusted me with that care and direction to make sure that he was things, we just clicked. Everything we did together was just a cool deal and became very good friends. On Mr. Boland's competitiveness in his personal athletic pursuits and as an owner. You get used to it because it was like that all day long when he worked out. That guy was crazy the way he worked out. We all know that he was involved in triathlons and that kind of thing, but it was unbelievable the way he worked here. He'd come into the training room and work for an hour, and I'm like, man, this 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 is unbelievable how this guy how this guy is. During the playoffs, he was always in finding out everything he could to win. Then when we finally did, you really saw his compassion if you think about it. This one's for John. It was all, it was about all John. What It was all about John, what he went through and how he embraced that. He wanted that for John, not only for himself, but like I said, he's a humble man. It just breaks his heart to see the way that he is. It's just a neat thing that he's being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and I, you know, the, the one that stuck out to me kind of goes along with that first um, that first quote you read about his routine, you know, uh, they asked him about Mr. Boland stopping into the training room each morning. He said his day started by parking that car in the lot, walking down the hall, 
getting two sticks of gum from the equipment room and then to the training room. Our conversations went from the player's injuries to the player's family to his issues. The trusted relationship that we had with each other has been phenomenal. I just think that that's, you know, like in the quote that you you said and then this one here just kind of shows that uh, Mr. Bolin was wasn't an owner from afar. You know, you get that a lot in sports where you get the owners who, you know, they own the team, but they don't really do anything with it. Or, you know, they sit in the press box. But he also wasn't the type of owner that was out front either. And that's kind of a a rarity where you have an owner who loves his team uh, and wants to be a part of everything that they're doing, but doesn't meddle. And I don't think that, that, that you really get the sense that Mr. Bolin ever really meddled in anything. But clearly from the way that uh, the Greek describes his dealings with the team and with him personally, you could tell that he cared about his franchise, about his players, about the people who worked for him. There was a, a certain sense that when you worked for the Broncos and you worked for Mr. Bowl and you were a part of the family uh, and, and guys, you know, have moved on and, and, and always kind of come back to that. And I think a good example of that from us is just the way that uh, Steve Atwater always talks about Mr. Bowl and, because he talks about how much respect and love that he has for him as well. And I just think that, that this goes along with that so well. And it's such a, a, a wonderful thing that, you know, Mr. Boland's family clearly understood how important it would be to, to him and to, and to Steve Antonopoulos to be able to uh, be the guy who introduces him as he's inducted into the Hall of Fame. It, it is an honor. It's, it's, I'm sure it's a humbling experience, and I'm sure he's going to do great. Oh, I have no doubt. I mean, he, the one thing that Greek is clearly able to do is tell a story. And I'm sure Jim Sakamano will help him write his speech as the historian and, and now team consultant and someone who's been around the Broncos even longer than Steve, Antilop- Steve Antonopoulos. Jim Sakamano will be a, a great person for, for Greek to lean on. To, to get information or, or potential stories about Mr. B that people may not know about. And as you said, the one thing that has always stood out to me when people talk about Mr. Bolin is how it is a family. And it's not just the organization. He felt that way about the fans too. He, he was deeply concerned about what the fans felt and thought about the team especially when you talk to Joe Ellis. That's one of the things that he, he'll he always come back to about the impact the fans had on Mr. Bolin and the direction he took the team. And that's one of the reasons I think Pat Bolin had that credo of wanting to be number one at everything. And if you don't win a Super Bowl, it's a failure. And I, I think that's a testament to, to Mr. B and – and what he has developed over the course of the 35 years that he's owned the Broncos. And the hope is, is that, that it, it continues, but at least in the immediate, it, it, it's nice that he's finally able to get the respect and the adulation of getting into the hall of fame that he should have gotten before Jerry Jones, but at least it's finally happened. Right. And I actually, you know, it's interesting you mentioned Jerry Jones, and I, obviously I was kind of angling towards Jerry there and what I was talking about. I almost think it's more fitting, at least based on their careers and their, and their impact on the NFL, that Jerry went in first because it sort of shows that Jerry is a, a me, me, me kind of guy. Jerry Jones is all about Jerry Jones, and Pat Bolin wasn't like that. And so 
not that he shouldn't have gone in before Jerry Jones. I think you're right, but it's kind of emblematic of the way that those two guys have gone about their business in the NFL. And Pat Bolin going in after Jerry Jones, while he deserved to go in first, it just shows that for him it was always more about his team and the guys on his team and the people that worked for him than it was about himself. And I think with Jerry Jones, it's it's the opposite of that. And I'm sure there are Cowboy fans out there that like to argue with me about that. And you're welcome to, but you'll be wrong. So just get ready to be. That being said. Actually, I want to change it up real quick. Oh, he's going to switch it on. On the fly? I don't know how I feel about that. When Over the course of, of Tuesday, we had former managing editor of Mile High Report, Kyle Montgomery. Oh, yeah, we did. Going back and forth about Steve Foley. And there is a commenter, Broncos fan for decades, in my Steve Foley article from Horse Tracks on Sunday, who found a brilliant quote from Joe Collier that I I wish I would have had prior to writing the story, but I had no idea that it it existed. So I'm going to say it now to you and to all the other listeners and put a bow on why Steve Foley should be in the Broncos' ring of fame. Since we let off with Mr. B, it's a natural progression into Steve Foley. And this quote sums it up. When Steve Foley announced his retirement on July 24, 1987, Joe Collier said this, It's like losing a son, defensive coordinator Joe Collier said. He was our top interceptor. He's one of the best players we've ever had. He was one of the best pass defense safeties I've ever had. He was one of the smartest players I've ever coached. Collier called Foley the quarterback of the defense and noted that the only losing season Foley saw was when he was injured in 1982. That 1982 season, he broke his arm in the first game of the season, missed the rest of the games, still played in 150 games, and still had 44 career interceptions. And then you top it off with that incredible quote from Joe Collier, who coached some incredible football players over the course of his time in Denver. I mean, Randy Gratishar, Louis Wright, you, I mean, Tom Jackson, Carl Mecklenburg, Billy Thompson. Billy Thompson I, the, Dennis Smith. Oh, who, who played in, uh, what, what was it, 190 games for the Broncos? Is that what we figured out? I mean, some very, very, very good players. And to have Joe Collier talk about him in, in such sort of glowing terms, obviously, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind he's a ring of famer. It's it's one of those things where Joe Collier is one of the best defensive coordinators in the history of the NFL. And when he says that this guy's good, you could probably take that to the bank. And he said some pretty good things about it. You're right. It would have been nice if you'd had that quote prior to prior to our last podcast and before horse tracks, because it would have been a, just another piece of evidence to help sort of fortify your argument there. Uh, and and it was interesting to have sort of the back and forth with uh, with Kyle. I only you know had the one uh, reply to him on Twitter, but then to see you guys kind of bounce back and forth there. That was kind of fun. I always love the interaction that we get. So, Kyle, anytime you want to want to hit us up with a with a tweet or something, we'd love to hear from you, um, obviously. The other thing that it does, though, is it keeps this discussion going forward because now I can put it into another horse tracks, so it'll force people to continue to talk about Steve Foley and the right. Broncos' ring of fame. Sure. 
So I plopped it out there and expected it to perform, and it did. It did. It did perform. It performed very well, and it's going to continue to perform. It looks like because really, especially in the off season, isn't the goal just trying to find anything to write about for horse tracks? Yes, which is the case for any horse tracks, right? Right, Scotty. Definitely during the preseason. (laughs) Right, Scotty. (laughs) He's not listening to this. I know he doesn't listen at all. I could say anything about Scotty. He'd never know, but I wouldn't. I'm too nice a guy. You know, the other thing that it does, though, is it takes us into the other conversation we wanted to have, which is about this whole top 100 thing. So um, if you don't know, the uh, National Football League is celebrating its 100th year of being football. Um, So I guess every team, is it every team? I assume it's every team. I really only look at Broncos stuff, is doing their top 100 players for their franchise. And... You get to vote. So you can go to Broncos.com and, and vote on your, your top 100 Denver Broncos of all time if you'd like. Uh, you have until Thursday to do that, by so, the way, so that's, which is why we're doing it. That's, that's why we're talking about it. And, and then and then ultimately, Jim Sakamano and Andrew Mason will select their top 100, which will, I think, be the official Broncos top 100, official, unofficial. If un- is it unofficially official or officially unofficial? Both. Okay. Well, that way you just cover all bases. I like that. Correct. But I, I we, we were kind of kicking it around before we started recording, just looking at the list and talking about things. And the Broncos have done one thing. They went ahead and um, if you go to the website, they pre-checked all of the Hall of Famer and Ring of Famers that are on the list so that you don't have to worry about finding them. And then as, you know, as we sort of scrolled through, we started looking at some of the names and some of the people and um there's some interesting conversations to be had here ian and i don't know do you want to start with one person in particular who you and i have some some i I would call them strong feelings about whether or not he deserves to be on this list or do do we want to ease into that no we're gonna go for it right out of the gate all right we're slapping it out there it's not on my list John Lynch is not on my list. I don't care if he is in the ring of fame. I don't care that he went to four straight Super Bowls in his time in Denver. He's not a Bronco. Pro Bowls. He will never be a sort Oh, yeah, four Pro Bowls. Sorry. That's okay. I, got, I, was, I was getting a little heated. Yeah, no, the fire's already started. I understand. John Lynch is not a Bronco, will never be a Bronco. He should not be in the Broncos' ring of fame. It's a disgrace that he's in the ring of fame over guys like Steve Foley and Riley Odoms, Ed McCaffrey, Al Wilson, he's not a Bronco. He yeah. should not be in the ring of fame. He's not on my Broncos top 100, period. End of discussion. Well, I mean, it's not the end of the discussion because I'm going to also say something. But I, I, I do agree with you about the, the, the fact that he should not be on the ring of fame. His impact for the Broncos was, I mean, I mean he was, he was a, a player that, that fans really liked. And I, and I, I appreciate that and can respect that. And when he came to Denver, he bought in, right? He bought into being a Bronco. He was uh, he was he was all in on, on on being in Denver and being a part of the franchise. And and I I think I'll give him credit for that as well. But in his time in Denver, what exactly did the Broncos accomplish? And I, and I, I I mean that sincerely. I'm trying to to think of something that the Denver Broncos were able to accomplish with John Lynch on the team. So he was he was with the Broncos from 2004 to 2007. Just barely makes the 4-year cut. Was it 
their one trip to the AFC Championship game. Am I right about that? Is that what when they, they got blown out by Pittsburgh? Yeah, and at there home? was more Pittsburgh fans than Broncos fans at Invesco Field at Mile High. Is that I mean, it? I, I don't want to. I, I don't want to trash John Lynch. It's not his fault because right. he was great for the Broncos. He was great off the field. Yeah, I mean, what he did in the Denver community and still does is epic, and it should be applauded. Absolutely. But he's not a ring of famer. He didn't do anything for the Broncos that led them to success. Nothing. He didn't make the defense better. And I get that he went to four Pro Bowls, but that was more of a, it's John Lynch. Yeah, I, th- I think it's, it's funny because we, and, and we do this too, you tout the Pro Bowl as, well, see, he's a Pro Bowler, but then if you – when you really start to talk about the Pro Bowl, you realize that the Pro Bowl really isn't that great. It's really not that important of a statistic to lean on, or at least I don't think it is anymore. I think that there was a time when you could say being a Pro Bowler was was a big deal, and I, I think that started to end in the late 90s and the early 2000s when guys would, would rather not go to the Pro Bowl. They, did, they would say, oh, I'm injured, I can't go. They would choose to to stay home rather than go to Hawaii and the, and the Pro Bowl has sort of become uh, a, a pointless exercise in the NFL trying to stay in the spotlight in some way every week of every year because they feel like they have to control all of the media so to to me John Lynch is definitely not a, a Ring of Famer I I think that it it sort of sullies the Ring of Fame I do think eventually if if you if you're sort of going through the list i wouldn't immediately jump to him being a, a top 100 denver bronco but he might make it like 98 or 99 if you're kind of getting towards the end and you got to pick between guys but but off the top of my head no i wouldn't say oh he deserves to be no no he doesn't he does not deserve to be uh on the top 100 at, at least not right now I, I can't come up with 100 guys off the top of my head but we're going to try, right? We're going to kind of run through this a little bit. Definitely. To go back to the Pro Bowl thing, I think the 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 honor that that matters is All Pro. If yes. you're if you're considered an All Pro, that's the one that matters. And I'm gonna I'm gonna venture off into a different sport to give you an idea of how important and how crucial being an All Pro is. Nikola Jokic, who's a center for the Denver Nuggets, only the second Denver to be a first-team All-NBA player. The only other Denver Nugget to ever be a first-team All-NBA player is David Thompson. So just like the NFL, All-NBA is what matters. Whether you go to the NBA All-Star game doesn't really matter. Being All-NBA, that's what matters. So to tie it back, All-Pro, all NBA, those are the distinctions that matter most. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think that's a, a good way to do it. So um, let's get let's get some of the the obvious choices out of the way. Obviously, Terrell Davis, John Elway, uh, Steve Atwater, um, Champ Bailey, who's going into the Hall of Fame. You, you know, your your Simon Fletchers of the world, your your Rich Jacksons and Tom Jacksons, their Ring of Famers, Charlie Johnson. Uh, is a ring of famer. He played quarterback from 72 to 75 as pre-checked by the Broncos. I'm not sure there are many fans out there that know exactly who he is. The uh, the Broncos' first Hall of Famer, Floyd Little, the franchise as he is known to 
most Broncos fans. He's on there as well. Um, Dennis Smith, Paul Smith. I'm just running through all the names on the that are that are pre-checked for you. Um, Gene Mingo, great name by the way. I love Gene Mingo as a, as a name and it's just a fantastic way to go. Billy Thompson, who we talked about a little bit already. Uh, Craig Morton, Haven Moses, Tom Nalen, all members of the the Ring of Fame up there pre-checked. Louis Wright, Ring of Fame member, should be a Hall of Famer. Don't get me started. Shannon Sharp. Hall of Famer. Rod Smith should be a Hall of Famer. Don't get me started. Lionel Taylor, uh, Frank Trapuca, Jim Turner, Rick Upchurch, all pre-checked for you. Gary Zimmerman pre-checked for you. Did I get them all? I think you missed Goose Gonsolin. I think I did too. Oh, and did I miss Carl Mecklenburg? I think you did. I, might, I think I, well, you know, I was I was scrolling through and Randy Gra- I said Randy, didn't I say Randy Gratish? You did. You did say Randy Gratish. <sighs> making sure. I don't want to make that mistake. That would be embarrassing. As someone who bangs the drum every chance he gets to get Randy Gratisher in the hall, to then miss him on that little list reading, that would have been embarrassing. So we're, let's go in alphabetical order. All right. I, I like alphabets. So what's our number stand at right now? Oh, shoot. That was your job. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23... 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29. Take one away. I checked Von Miller by accident. My bad. Although, I mean, Von Miller, 29. (laughs) And I unchecked John Lynch, who is pre-checked for you, by the way, because he's on the Ring of Fame. Call it 28 because I think I have Lyle Alzado checked as well, which, again, not on the Ring of Fame, but should be. Lyle Alzado played eight years for the Denver Broncos. He's not on the Ring of Fame, but he's a mem- he's one of the most important members of the Orange Crush. John Lynch is on the Ring of Fame. Just, I, I, I mean. He should be in the Ring of Fame. I mean, if you listen to Tom Jackson and Billy Thompson, the Orange Crush isn't what it is. There is no Orange Crush without Lyle Alzado. Period. End of story. End of discussion, except for it's not. So, so Lyle Alzado's on, I think, for both of us. Uh, and I said Von Miller. Are you okay with Von Miller going on? Do you do you yeah, discount oh, yeah. current players? No. Okay. Some people do. Some people are going to shy away from that. All right. What well, do you want to start with the the Andersons? Because I don't think Kenneth Adamson, who is a guard from sixty to sixty two, is going to get in. But no. you've you've got uh, Mike Anderson. I would put him in. C.J. Anderson. I would put him in. Otis Armstrong. I would put him in. Zane Beatles. So, no. Yeah, it's not gonna not gonna happen for you, Zane. Uh, Ken Bell, who was a running back kick returner in the late '80s. Keith Bishop, who was a guard for the Broncos from '80 to '89. Now that's a name that and people now the head of security for the Broncos. Is he really? And I, didn't I know got that. his autograph. There you go. I, I put him on. There's a hundred. You got to find a hundred. I'll, I'll put Keith Bishop on there. Uh, Martin Briscoe, who played quarterback from 1968 until that's that's it that's it so probably he not the first black quarterback to ever play in the national that's football true league. yeah I think you got to put him on because of that that's a big deal and I I sort of wash over it put him on there I think he deserves it um, Sammy Brunelli probably not Billy Bryan so. not a, I mean Billy Bryan played offensive line for the Denver Broncos for 11 seasons. From 77 to – actually, 12 seasons, if I'm doing that right. 77 to 88. That's a lot of years to be playing on the offensive line for one franchise. It is. 
And he would have gone to three Super Bowls. That's true. He would have been a member of three Super Bowl teams. I'll put him on. Yeah, I give. I mean, like I said, we got to fill fill a hundred spots. Dwayne Carswell, ninety four to two thousand. Dwayne Carswell played ninety four to two thousand. That's that's twelve years. And he was a huge re. He was he was the blocking tight end for he Shannon was. Sharp. Since Shannon Sharp didn't block. That's true. I'd put him on. I say go for it. Why not? Got to put house on there. You got to have a house. Yeah, you got to have a house every now and then. Uh, interesting name here, Ryan Clady. I think so. Do you really? Yeah, I do. I mean, a, a pretty long career in in Denver, eight seasons from from eight two thousand eight to two thousand fifteen. So uh, he was the left tackle for the best offensive season in NFL history. That's true. You got to give him credit for that. So all right, he's in. Uh, Britton Colquitt. I don't think that you're going to get a lot of punters on this, and probably not him. Although I didn't realize he was a punter for the Broncos for six seasons, 2009 to 2015. That's a, that's a long time. Uh, Mike Current is not. I mean, his a tackle played from 67 to 75. Oh, here's one for you, Jay Cutler. No. Wow, didn't even think about it. Probably because no. Jay Cutler. I do have a Jay Cutler jersey still hanging in my closet. I'm not getting rid of it. It was a gift. It was a gift from my fiance at the time. I can't come on. I'm a sentimentalist at, at heart. That is that does that work there? Sentimentalist? I think so, right uh, at that point. Yeah. Well, you're you're sentimental about Jay Cutler, which is yeah. a little weird. Like, well, I think Jay Cutler could have been if I think if if they never fired Shanahan, Jay Cutler could have been great. That's that's I really that's my take on it. The Broncos wouldn't have been any good, but he could have been great. He'd have been the he would have been like Philip Rivers, which is a wonderful comparison to make, by the way, because of how much they hate each other. But I digress. Uh, Eldon Dannenhauer, love the name. Not quite sure he gets in my top one hundred. TD is the next name on the list. Eric Decker, interesting name. Um, I put him on. Do you really? I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he was with the Broncos in 2013, um, played there from 2010 to 2013. That was a, a, kind of an incredible stretch there. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. Al Denson from 64 to 70. Ruben Drones running back from 2002 to 2004. Probably not. At least I don't think so. Then you got Elam and Elway are next on the list. Obviously, I think both are, are check marks. Well, here's a fun name. So we got Orlando Franklin. I'm going to say no to Orlando Franklin just because. But Olandis Gary. So so to me, Olandis Gary and Mike Anderson, they kind of signify this the, the post-Terrell Davis era that I think made it more difficult for Terrell Davis to get into the Hall of Fame. Because after Terrell Davis got injured, Olandis Gary and, and Mike Anderson both – had phenomenal years. They both rushed for over a thousand yards. They both, you know, they both were very good running backs in the NFL, and it made it seem as though what Terrell Davis did was more about the scheme and the offensive line than his actual skill. And I, th- I, I'm, I don't want to discount Olandis Gary or Mike Anderson for that, but at the same time, it's their fault. I totally agree with that, but they, <clears throat> but. Atlantis Gary goes on the top 100. I mean, and his career was short in Denver. He only played 99 to 2002. That's a quick career. That's that's short. 
but running back in you know running back terms, that's average career. Um, let's see here. Let's let's travel back to the, the to the other A's. So I have I'm gonna li- I'm gonna list off my players that I have in the top 100. I All put right. Allen I put Allen Aldridge, Lyle Alzado, Steve Atwater, Champ Bailey, obviously. Yep, I got all them. I put the, I put I put the chicken Tyrone Braxton on there. Yeah. I put David Bruton on there. I put Glenn Cadrez, Ruben Carter, Jeremiah Castillo, Barney Chavis. And I'll even put Mike or uh, Ray Crockett. I think yeah, Ray Crockett I think definitely goes on. I Ray Crockett was a big part of the those back-to-back Super Bowl winning teams. Um I'm I absolutely think that that I would go with Ray Crockett on there. What about Rick Dennison? Linebacker for the Broncos from 82 to 1990. All three Super Bowls the Broncos have won, Rick Dennison was a part of. That feels weird to say, right? Because we still don't know what he does. So as a player, probably not. But when you consider his impact as a player and a coach, I would say yes. So is this about players? or is, Like I don't see Dan Reeves. Is Dan Reeves on here? I don't, I don't see Mike Shanahan on here. Is Mike Shanahan on here? So to me, this is about players. Are we discounting? If, if he's as, if it's as a player, then no. Rick Dennison is not on the list. I mean that that's what this looks like to me. This looks like 100 players. We're going to ignore their coaching careers and anything they did afterward. Like, uh, and I and I'm fine with that. I think that makes total sense to me. So yeah, I would leave Rick Dennison off because he went to three Super Bowls and lost. If I'm looking at this correctly as well. Couldn't win one as a player. That's not a nice thing to say. Who else you got there? So I just, I, I'm scrolling down, I went to Howard Griffith. He definitely has to be on the list because yeah. he was the lead fullback for Terrell Davis Agreed. in the back-to-back Super Bowl years. Obviously, Steve Foley is going on the list. I'm going to add Darian Gordon. Yeah, I like those ads. You missed a couple names that I thought you would catch in there. Um, you said Steve Foley, but um, you didn't mention – where is he? I just lost him. You didn't mention Elvis Doomerville. Oh, I did have him on the list. Okay, yeah, because I, I would put Elvis Doomerville on my top 100 list for sure. Um, Elvis is definitely on my list. Yeah, I mean – he deserves to be there for sure. What about Going punter? Down. What about punter Mike Haran? Just as a kid, and because I think he's the only left-footed punter in Broncos history, I would definitely put Tom Haran on there, or Mike Haran. Sorry. I mean, so I, I put Mike Haran just for personal reasons. Yeah. I remember him because I was left-footed. Yeah, you you were left-footed. Not anymore. Not since the accident. Um, <laughs> I kick. I, I kick both legs now. There you go. See, that's the accident was a good thing. Uh, Chris Harris Jr. goes on the list without question, even with all of the the contract stuff going on right now. He's a. What about Mike Harden? Ooh. 
nine seasons with the Broncos. He went to two Super Bowls, three Super Bowls, two Super Bowls. I'm just getting my numbers right here. Um, I say yes. I, I mean, yeah, I think I think it's interesting. He got he was cut to make room for Steve Atwater, who essentially came in and became one of the greatest safeties in the NFL. So um, maybe just out of out of kindness, we're going to go ahead and put him on the list because we want him to, you know. <laughs> want him to feel better about himself. Uh, what about Bobby Humphrey? A short career no. with the Broncos, but I just always remembered him from uh, Tech, Super Tech Mobile. He was the Broncos running back on Super Tech Mobile. And he wasn't Bo Jackson. And so. he wasn't and the trade, and he wasn't Bo Jackson. So I guess, nope, I'm not putting him on there. So the three, I'm going to add three, and two of them are right around this area. Okay. I'm putting Mark Jackson, Vance Johnson, and Ricky Natiel. Yes, the Broncos three podcast. amigos all should be. Thank you. I mean, I was going to say we got Mark Jackson here, which means you know you got Vance Johnson, um, and Ricky Natiel is that final member of the three amigos. I had that three amigos poster, by the way. Did you have the three amigos poster? I don't remember. I don't think so. Yeah, that was one of the ones I I got it for Christmas. I believe it was right before the Super Bowl against the Redskins. That, I think that's when I got it. It was, And then I don't want to talk about the rest of it because that's when they went and lost to the Redskins. Next players I'm adding are Rich Carlos, the mm-hmm. barefooted kicker. Yeah, I'm and with you. I'm going to put on Rulon Jones. Yes, obviously. And then Greg Cragen. Yep, I'm with you. Uh, going down further. Here's an interesting one. Gary Kubiak. Yeah, that is an interesting one. Because, again, we're not counting their coaching careers. And Gary Kubiak, just like Rick Dennison, right, has been a member of all three Broncos Super Bowl wins. But that was as a coach. So, as a player, he was a backup quarterback. Does he deserve to be on the list? I, I mean, I, fans really liked him as a backup quarterback. I remember that. I don't think he goes on the list as a backup quarterback. Well, then you can't put him on the list. Then he's not on the list. All right, he's not on the list. To right. traverse back up the list. Sure, let's go back up a little bit. Clarence K. Yeah. 84 to 92 with the Broncos, tight end. He was, he was a good player. I mean, that's a long career. And I think I think you I think you could put him on there. I think you could put Clarence K on the list and I'd be okay with that. I put him on. Yeah, I, I clicked on it. Um, there are two names here that I'm that are from the late seventies, early eighties. John Keyworth, who was a running back, and then Kenny Lanier. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, Ken, Kenny Lanier was with the Broncos for a long time. That's another one where, I mean, to me, I think longevity speaks, you know, speaks volumes. When you're with a team for a long time, that has, you know, a, a certain impact on whether or not you think they belong. Um, but then what did they do on the field as well? I think um, John Keyworth from 74 to 80, I'm not sure even with that longevity on the team. I mean, was he really playing? Was he really a starting running back for all of those years? 
Whereas Kenny Lanier, to me, I think he probably played more. He had more of an impact as a player. I, I might put Kenny Lanier on and leave John Keyworth off. I don't know. I might have to come back I, to that. I, I agree with that. I mean, and, and here's the thing. John Keyworth might be a guy who, after you go through and you realize you only have, like, 60 guys on the, on your top 100, that now you got to go and start plugging people in. He may get in on a second or third pass. But on this first go-around, I just don't, I don't see it. So as we continue to go down, I just added John Mobley yes. for obvious reasons. Because it's John Mobley? Because it's John Mobley. I mean, I added Trevor Price. Yeah. I added Joe Rizzo. Peyton Manning. Obviously. Ed McCaffrey. Yes. Uh, linebacker Jim Ryan. And there could be an argument that he should be in the ring of fame. I, I think we've talked we've talked about Jim Ryan on the on the podcast before. I could see us putting him on the ring of fame as well. I, I agree with that. Um, what about you? You kind of skipped over him here. Um, what about Brandon Marshall, the wide receiver? I don't think he did. I don't think he was with the Broncos long enough, and. He really didn't do anything when he was here, right? His his time with the team didn't um, didn't impact the team in a way that was that was noteworthy. I think is a good way to say that. Uh, what about Romanowski? You you kind of glossed over Bill Romanowski too, as we're kind of I'm kind of bouncing back and forth on each side here. I I think that's one of those guys where if you come back after your initial pass through, right, and you still have spaces left over you put in bill romanowski i i, I mean I, I get it that he was a part of the back-to-back super bowl years mm-hmm, yep. but the image that i always have of bill romanowski is twofold one when he was wheeling all of his drugs into the locker room underneath the south stands at old mile high yeah and then spitting in the face of jj Stokes. yeah that one always bothers me that's the one that kind of stands out as him spitting in his face. So I, I, I'm not a fan of that. I, I'm okay with leaving him off for now, and if on second pass we get you know get to him, that's fine. What about Brandon McManus? He's a kick. Not yet. Not yet? He was the Broncos' offense in the, in the playoffs during that uh, Super Bowl run in 2015. Still not enough. All right. Just, just wanted to know. Here's a name for you. This will be fun. Neil Smith. Without question. Neil Smith should be in the ring of fame long before John Lynch should have been in the ring of fame. If we're going to go that route, yes. Because I think when you – and it's really – it's very interesting. The other player that doesn't meet the threshold is DeMarcus Ware. Right. And I think Neil Smith and DeMarcus Ware brought to the Broncos is tenfold, a hundredfold, a thousandfold, a millionfold greater than John Lynch brought to the organization. Agreed. He, and not – and not just DeMarcus Ware for his performance on the field, but also for helping turn Von Miller into what he is now. Because right. if DeMarcus Ware doesn't sign with the Broncos, that's the offseason that Von Miller, there was question about whether or not Von Miller was going to live up to his potential because he had all those off-the-field issues. So th- that's something to consider. You know, another so Smith absolutely does. Yeah, another guy that I'm looking at from that 2014 class, if you will, uh, is Akib Talib. Do you put Akib Talib on your top 100 Broncos? I think so because the impact that he had was was just huge. The pick sixes, right? 
the attitude that he brought when you think of the Super Bowl, he helped set the attitude with that personal foul penalty when he threw the guy out of bounds. That's right. By the face mask. That's right. That's right. So now I'm going to I'm going to stick with the no fly zone here cuz the other two guys you have TJ Ward came in in 2014 just like Akeem Talib and DeMarcus Ware. And then the next year, they got Darian Stewart. Do you put those two guys on the top 100 as well, or do you leave them off, or one of them and not the other? I think the initial pass, you keep them off. I I think I get it that they were a part of the Super Bowl, but. Right. But. Let, let's guys. see who else you have on the list. And, right. I, and in between those two guys is a guy I would like to have on there just because of his name, but also because I thought he was a pretty key cog on that defensive line, Ma Tanavasa. Yeah, Ma Tanavasa is a guy who was an important player during those back-to-back Super Bowls. I, I almost think you kind of have to put him on. I put him on. There you go. See? Uh, what about Keith Trailer? I love me That's- some Keith Trailer. That's an interesting one. I don't. I think he falls into that. Not quite initial pass. Then you see. Right. Yeah. I. I I'm with you on that. Um. Let's see here. There's another interesting name here. Danny Trevathan. Time was short. Won a Super Bowl. Pretty big impact. I, I don't think so. But there is a Dan that should go on the list. That's Dan Neal. Yes, Dan Neal should. Absolutely. And the name right underneath him that we talked about on the show last week is Riley Odoms, and I think he automatically goes on as well. Correct. And then back over to the other side, DeMarcus Ware, Alfred Williams. Yep. What about DJ Williams? You know what's interesting about DJ Williams is, to me, DJ Williams – all right, so – you had Al Wilson from 99 to 2006, who I'm just going to go ahead and click because he's on, right? We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about him. You had Ian Gold, who I don't even know if we talked about Ian Gold, but just kind of some of those. There there was a, a, a period there where the Broncos had some very good linebackers that all kind of played in that same little era. Ian Gold, uh, Al Wilson, and and I think DJ Williams was a, was a part of that. Um I'm not sure if he gets on or not. That's a that's a really good question. He played from 2004 to 2012 with the Denver Broncos. That's a pretty long career, and he was he, he was a pretty good linebacker. I think so. I so mean, I I I, I would I, I'm gonna put him on my list for now. Yeah, I mean, I sort of talked myself into it big time there. Um, and I added Al Wilson. I forgot oh, yeah. linebackers. He's on the list. Absolutely. And then on, on the other side, I actually have three players that I put on: Jake Plummer, Clinton Portis, and Matt Prater. Yes, all three. And Jake Plummer because he's Jake the Snake. And we talked about Clinton Portis before we started this. And my whole reason for putting him on is because without Clinton Portis, there is no Champ Bailey. Champ Bailey to the Denver Broncos. That was my reasoning. And that, game, getting, and that game against Kansas City where he scored like 80 touchdowns. That was a fun game to watch. Yes, which is – YouTube it. No YouTube, doubt YouTube it. that Clinton Portis game where he scored – how many touchdowns was it? Five, I believe. It was five touchdowns, and it was for like – it was like – Over was, 200 yards. It was an incredible game. I mean, he Clinton Portis was a very good running back, and he he netted a, a Hall of Fame cornerback. So I'm he's on my list. 
All right. Now we're getting into the fun names. All right. Does Emmanuel Sanders go on the list? Wow. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think so. Won a Super Bowl. Was one of Peyton Manning's favorite targets. He's still with the Broncos. He's still pro- still producing. I, I, I would put him on. The next two names I put on are Mark Schlereth and Steve Sewell. Yep, I, I'm with you on that. I already had those guys clicked. We got... All right. Here, here, all right. The name that is right underneath Lionel Taylor. Right. And it, it's the most controversial name in Broncos no. history. No. Tim Tebow. No. No. No, because what did he really do? What did he really well, unlike do? Unlike John Lynch, he won a play. Well, I, I guess John Lynch did win a playoff game. Yeah, I, I get it. He did. He won a playoff game. He has one of the most exciting uh, plays in Broncos history. He's the quarterback. Um, and so maybe I need to just calm down a little bit. But, you know, you know my feelings on Tim Tebow. He, he was there for two seasons. And... Tim Tebow is, to me, synonymous with the Josh McDaniels era, and that is where I draw the line. I can't do it. I'm not putting him on the list. I put him on the list because he led to Peyton Manning. Did he really lead to Peyton Manning, though? I think I think that's an interesting way to look at it. I, whereas Clinton Portis was traded to Washington for Champ Bailey, I, I, I don't see... Uh, the the connection there between Tim Tebow and Peyton Manning. I think he was the bridge that eventually got you know you, you eventually went from uh, you know Kyle Orton to to Tim Tebow to Peyton Manning if you want to go that direction, but it wasn't like you traded Tim Tebow for Peyton Manning. That didn't happen. I put him on my list. I'm not doing it. Not yet. Not not on first pass. I think he's a second pass guy. Uh, but the name underneath him, directly underneath him, is Demarius Thomas, and I do put him on the list. Without question. So so there's that. What about David Treadwell? I'm skipping Julius Thomas, although he, we may come back to him. I don't put David Treadwell on my list. I mean, nice guy. I have bad right? memories of David Treadwell. <laughs> nice guy, but does he really belong on the list? Probably no. not. Um, I, see. Here's a name that... The old, the, the old man and my mom would probably know. Okay. Billy Van Heusen. Yeah. Because he was the punter and the receiver. You get on the list just for being a punter and a receiver. You know, that's true. And it's interesting. That's kind of one of those things that you look at. That's old school football, too, where the kicker was also a linebacker because kicker wasn't that important. Now you've you're, everybody's a specialist. You can't not be on the list. Um Louis Vasquez is a no, but the next name on the list that's a yes for me is Steve Watson. Steve Watson, who I'm surprised looking at this, and and we just talked about it, and I know we said it, but I'm still surprised every time I look at it, not on the ring of fame for some reason. And I think he'll probably go on after Ed McCaffrey, but it'll be curious to see what what the selection committee for the ring of fame thinks of Steve Watson because – if you don't have Steve Foley in, I don't think Steve Watson will get in anytime soon either. Right, but I think that obviously both of those guys are deserving, in my opinion. Um, Wes Welker's a no for me. Definite no. Um, I did add, though, I added Gerald Wilhite, and yes. as you mentioned, because he celebrated his touchdowns with a backflip. That's right. And then the next guy on the list, Sammy Winder, did the Mississippi Mud Dance. That's right. And he's actually third in Broncos history 
and uh, rushing yards. Yes, I, I think those guys are all in. And then obviously Gary Zimmerman, who we, we mentioned before, is last on the list there. Um, what about, and we skipped over this name as well, we didn't say it, what about Derek Wolf? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Darren Williams? Now, Darren Williams, oh yeah, absolutely. We didn't, we didn't mention I, it, I but Darren Williams. Yeah. But I, 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 I absolutely checked his name. Yeah. And then here's another name that we skipped over, and I think he should have been on the list the first pass through, was Keith Burns. Oh, yeah. How did we miss that? Well, you know, you get going. You're looking for 100. It's it's hard to play this game. But, yeah, Keith Burns is one of those players that he had three different stints with the Broncos. I love his his little stat line there. So, as did, as did Tyrone Braxton, two stints with the Broncos. So, every time somebody goes away, they come back wanting more. Here's a name for you that we didn't we didn't click on or, or mention. Otis Armstrong was a running back with the Broncos from 73 to 80. I think I think we did talk about it a little bit, but I wanted to go back to it. Is he I put him on my list. Yeah, I think he's got to be on there. All right. So, how many do we have? Did you were you keeping track? I wasn't, but I think fans get the idea right that you there's there's players that when you hear the name they're like yes absolutely and yeah i think they deserve it and then the other ones fall into the either not yet or maybe on the second pass through and then the the no's the obvious no's right you're you you got your obvious no's out there um but yeah i mean mean, this is kind of a it's a fun conversation it's sort of something you can just kind of do and and then you can have the conversations with your you know with your bronco friends and throw it out there but you know, here's another one for you that I didn't I didn't click. Maybe I just I'm kind of just looking at the list. Bob Swenson. Oh, absolutely! I yeah. put him on. There. I, don't, I, put I don't know him why. And Joe Rizzo. Yeah, Joe Rizzo is is definitely on there. But we didn't talk about either one of them. I think if you played in the Orange Crush, you should be on that list. Yes, I think you're right. That I that I agree with. I can I can agree with that one wholeheartedly. I think really the only name that we disagreed with was Tim Tebow. Yeah, and I was a hard no on Tim Tebow, that's for sure. Although I I could I mean no, uh-uh, no. No. One one good play does not a a, a top 100 player make you. Just doesn't. It just doesn't do it for me. I would put Darian Stewart and TJ Ward on there long before I would put Tim Tim Tebow on there. I'd put I put Keith Trailer on there before I put Tim Tebow on there. I put Danny Trevathan on there before I put T- Tim Tebow on there. Romo, Bill Romanowski, obviously before him. I mean, there there are a lot of names on here that, in my opinion, we said not on the first pass that would go on long before Tim Tebow would go on there. There's a hard no for me that we didn't talk about, and that's Michael Dean Perry, and that's because of the image that I have of him from. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Because he lollygagged off the field. I can't believe and you brought it up. Getting a too many men on the a too many men on the field penalty against Jacksonville. Right. I I agree. It's kind of the same reason that Raheem Moore would be a hard no as well. So there's there's definitely some there's some guys on here that you go, yeah, but I wish he wasn't on the team. <laughs> And what'll be interesting is if you go through and you voted, or if you if you have voted, you tell us what you think of our list and yeah. who. If you if you're passionate about somebody who should be on the list, not named Tim Tebow, tell us who it is, what you think of our list. We're always on social media, so hit us up. 
at adamallnaughty16 or at Ian St. Clair. And love to have a, a debate about what players should be on it. And as, as I said before we started going through our list, you have until Thursday, I believe, to vote for the top 100. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos. <laughs>